Tappers, what's up? Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Here's what we're talking about today. We are talking about would Aaron Rodgers have been the MVP if it weren't for Jordan Love to be drafted? A little interesting hypothetical. We'll talk about the Rodgers drama. We'll talk about Adam Schefter. We'll talk about the journalist capping for journalists and all sorts of stuff. Not a no-cap situation, a journal, a actual capping. So we'll talk about that. I can't believe I used calf in the first minute of our show. We're going to talk about why people think Giannis or Embiid's better than Giannis and what, what that means, what that says, why is that. Um, we'll investigate that. And then we'll lastly talk about why you shouldn't panic about the Brewers and maybe a life update at the very end. I'm not sure... If I want to share this, it's not a huge deal. It's just something I'm, I've been chewing on a little bit. So maybe at the very end, we'll talk about that. But let's start with the Green Bay Packers. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers, the man that has been driving the headlines here in the state of Wisconsin, as well as across the country. Aaron Rodgers is looking for a new deal, as we all know. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are in a fight Every day, it seems like there is a new story that comes out. We'll talk about the Adam Schefter thing later. But one thing that I was thinking about, I was going to my golf lessons, and I was thinking about topics for the podcast. I do this often when I'm in the car. And I was thinking about how, would Aaron Rodgers have been the MVP if Jordan Love wasn't drafted? So let's remember. Let's kind of go back in the way back machine. Aaron Rodgers kind of struggled in 2019, sure, the Packers were very successful. They were 13-3. and They made the NFC Championship game. But Aaron Rodgers did not have that knockdown, drag-out, amazing year. People before the 2020 season were saying that Rodgers was a 7-8 to eight in terms of best quarterbacks in football. There was one fuckboy on CBS who had Aaron Rodgers outside the top 10 and had Matt Stafford inside his top 10. So people had basically thrown dirt on Aaron Rodgers ever being a great quarterback again. People forget this. I know that everyone wants to remember the good times, but for a long time, everybody thought Aaron Rodgers was kind of washed. Remember Ben Baldwin, I mean, has built a career out of it and thought that Aaron Rodgers will never be good again. Now, Aaron Rodgers had a lot of things going on. He had receivers that couldn't catch the ball. He had a coach that was stuck in the early 2000s he he was still learning from Matt LaFleur and getting out of some of his old Mike McCarthy ways so if Aaron Rodgers didn't have Jordan Love there and just the fire and the anger that Aaron Rodgers who is a chip on his shoulder type of guy we know throughout his career Aaron Rodgers has thrived with a chip directly on his shoulder Without that chip, would he have been as successful last season? It's really hard to know because Aaron Rodgers didn't have that chip. In a lot of ways, it had seemed like Aaron Rodgers had lost his edge. And then when Jordan Love rolled around, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers like, all right, it's go time. I'm dialed in. I'm the most focused I've ever been. Now, could this have also contributed, or was one of the things that contributed to this, the relationship he had with Matt LaFleur? Entirely possible. But it, it really does seem like Aaron Rodgers might not have had an MVP season last year if Jordan Love wasn't around. We'll never know, right? Well, I mean, it's a great what if. But like Aaron Rodgers kind of needed that fire under his ass. Remember, 
this similar thing happened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady saw Jimmy Garoppolo get drafted. Everybody called him Brady's replacement. Brady then went went around and won, I believe they won the Super Bowl. I think that was the Seattle year. They win the Super Bowl that year. And Tom Brady was as good as he had been in the last couple of years. So there is some real sort of kind of protect my block, like my dog who barks at any dog who's on our lawn. My dog thinks that like our lawn is hers. Like do not step on this lawn. Do not even walk by my lawn. This is my domain. Don't come near me. Now her breed is a one that barks a lot. She's part Great Pyrenees, part Collie. That's very protective dog breeds for those not following at home or not Caesar Milan uh, type dog trainers like I am. Not, but <laughs> I like to think I am sometimes. Regardless, she is very protective. Rogers is protective of his block. Tom Brady was protective of his block. So Aaron Rodgers went out with a fuck the world mentality. Everybody thinks I'm washed. Fuck you. I am not washed. I am going to win the MVP. I'm going to get us back to the NFC Championship. And I'm sure in Rodgers' heart of hearts, he knows that if David Bakhtiari was his left tackle against Tampa Bay, they're probably in the Super Bowl and they might have fucking won it. And I have no idea what would be this story this offseason. Had the Packers won the Super Bowl, I have 0.0 clue on that hypothetical of like what would Rodgers have done this exact same thing. I thought Trent Dilfer, I haven't finished the interview, but I thought Trent Dilfer was great on uh, Ryan Rosillo's show basically saying how it's cyber warfare and how basically everybody's leaking to every reporter. And so there are stories all over the place and you need to talk to direct sources. John Kuhn, I thought the other day, talking to Aaron Rodgers directly was great. And those are the people you need to talk to. And I guess, so here's to kind of flip back to the MVP stuff. I want to get to the media and like where we are right now with the Rodgers story. But I I have one more sort of hypothetical to lob into you guys. So if the Packers were successful last year, let's just take out Jordan Love. Jordan Love's not drafted. Packers are successful. I don't know. They're 13 and 3. They're 12 and 4. They're very good. They get to the championship game again. But Rodgers is not where we expected him to be. He's not at like that great Rodgers career. Would more people at that point be saying, well, we need to start thinking about the future versus, oh, you can't draft a quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers? Like, what would the narrative have been? And in a weird way, and going back to why Goody did it, and I agree, he should have consulted with Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong here. I, I am fully on board that him and Aaron Rodgers should have sat down in a room, had a conversation, explained to Aaron, hey, look, the way we're projecting 2021, if we're good again, we are not going to get a quarterback. There is no way we're going to get a quarterback. No one's going to fall out of the top 15. And they, they might not even have known that at the time, honestly. But right now, we think this is the ample time to get a quarterback because Jordan Love might be falling to us. I understand this could make you mad. We'll do anything. We'll get out in front of it. We'll try to be your best PR wing. All we're doing is seizing an opportunity. I hope you can understand that. and I hope you mentor this kid. That's all that would have needed to be said. 
And I'm sure Rodgers would have had his own feedback. But maybe the reason why the Packers did this is because they saw this next year's quarterback class and knew there were going to be guys to high draft picks, but they knew there wasn't much left. Remember, a quarterback, I don't believe, went in the second round. It went in the third round, Davis Mills went and Kalamon went. But no quarterback went in the second round. After Mac Jones, it was a desert. And then quarterbacks were picked up third, fourth round. So the Green Bay Packers would not have had a Jordan Love type available. And if you listen to some of the draft stuff, if Jordan Love would have came out a year later, he would have been right in that Mac Jones, Justin Fields category, where he would have been drafted probably 10 to 15. So this whole idea that Brian Gutekus made a mistake with Jordan Love, he didn't. He saw that Aaron Rodgers might be washed up. He wasn't. He proved everybody wrong that he still had something in the tank. And I do think there is a real fear to wrap this up. I do think there's a real fear that if Aaron Rodgers gets Jordan Love traded, which will be the headline, it might not be that direct, but it's implied entirely if Jordan Love leaves this team, that basically Aaron Rodgers is on cruise control. What does Aaron Rodgers have to have a chip on his shoulder? What is that chip left? Is the chip then he can't win another Super Bowl? I guess maybe that's the chip. And so maybe that's what drives him and he wins one more. What would be hilarious, not for Packer fans, but hilarious if Rodgers won the Super Bowl this year and so he wins it at 38 and he just decides to retire. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to (laughs) retire. That would be, I mean, oh my God. I would go through all this just to have him retire. Real quickly on the media stuff, as I mentioned a little bit ago, it's really good to hear John Kuhn basically say, I talked to Aaron. Here's what Aaron wants. He wants the security. He doesn't want to be a lame duck quarterback. He wants to be a Packer for life. I thought that was really good from John Kuhn. Adam Schefter basically said, oh yeah, I got all my information ready to go. I had the last piece of the puzzle and I reported it out on draft day. Adam Schefter is a snake, okay? Like, I, I'm not surprised that Adam Schefter waited until the draft to unveil this. I'm One of the biggest days in the NFL calendar and, I, and just by happenstance, Adam Schefter gets enough information to start reporting out on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I'm not mad at Adam Schefter. I'm not at Woj-level hate with him. I still fucking hate Woj. It's fuck Woj forever. We know this. If you're a Bucks fan, you should not even acknowledge Woj. I've said you shouldn't follow him on Twitter. I don't. And look, I haven't really missed anything. I don't think it's at that point. Because I think with Schefter... The 49ers really pushed hard on draft day to get Schefter to report this. And as Dilfer mentioned on the on the Rosilla podcast, this is cyber warfare. And they were basically trying to throw a bomb into the Packers and disrupt everything. And that's exactly what they did. So I'm not necessarily that mad at Schefter like I was with Woj, where I felt like Woj clearly tanked the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal because he did not get the Drew Holiday scoop. And that's on pretty good like sourcing by me, by the way. That's not something I just made up. Like this is, I have that sourced. 
That is, I would say, fact. With Schefter, he just had, he basically had a source push him hard on this and say, you got to report out on this today. If you're not going to report on it, we're going to have Glazer do it. Or we're going to have Mike Rafalo from NFL Network report on it. But, so Schefter pulled the story, or not pulled, he brought out the story and there we go. And it's been off and running ever since. And Schefter confirmed to Dan Patrick that it was not Rodgers' team who broke the story. So again, it was the San Francisco 49ers who are a bunch of scumbags. And the 49ers were trying to basically disrupt the apple cart. They knew tensions were high. The 49ers and Packers are two of the top teams in the NFC. NFC, And they basically just shoved the apple cart down a fucking hill and was like, good luck picking up all your apples. And that's what right now the Packers are going through. And I'm sure there is a lot of anger from the Packers for the 49ers because they got bullied. They were basically told, like, they were basically laughed at. They were the kid that peed their pants. Like, hey, everybody, look at the fucking Packers and look at this mess. I I feel better and better about them figuring it out. I'm not going to say I ever felt bad, but I... I, with the Mark Schlereth done deal, another done deal um, graveyard moment for done deal, last week where he was like, it's a done deal, he's going to Denver, my heart kind of sank. Like I was like, fuck, we're really going to do this, huh? This is really going to happen. And then early in the week, I was like, oh man, this sounds bad. And now as the week's gone on, I'm kind of more like, you know what? I think he's coming back. I just think... There was a lot of things that need to be worked out, and the Packers are doing it. And also, too, just really quick, the Jerry Krause thing for that Aaron Rodgers said to teammates through text, I don't have that big of a deal with it. I know some people think it's out of line. I've heard Stephen A. Smith say it's out of line. Look, here's the thing. We all say shit in group text that is just meant for our buddies, and it's not meant for anybody else. There are certain jokes we can make with our friends that we can't really make with other people that those group of friends that are in the group chat will understand and that the outside world won't. I think one of the scariest places that people could look are my our group chat logs, more so than my camera roll. Now, I think for some men and women, they might say their camera roll is worse because they're hanging dong or they got a bunch of tit shots, whatever. They, they they probably are like, do not look through that camera roll because I am just going to town on myself, like three rows up. But for other people, it's like, I don't want you to see my group chats at all. I think there's a privacy that hopefully you never have to show either of those things. But yeah, I I think saying, calling somebody Jerry Krause, A, is kind of funny, but B, it's not that big of a deal. It's just humor, just Dudes being dudes, dudes rock. Like, what's wrong with you know making a joke inside of of a group chat? It happens all the time. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that one. Um, yeah, and I kind of think that's where we are right now. I have no idea if we're gonna get anything more. I feel like we are almost at the finish line because the NFL schedule will be out on the 12th. I have a fun Rogers topic related 
to the schedule that I want to do next week. Hopefully, I get time. I almost did it tonight, and then I had this MVP idea. I have this Giannis thing I want to do still. And I was like, all right, well, we're, we're going to throw this thing out. All right, Giannis Embiid. Not, all right, let's transition there. But let's get to the second topic. We've talked long enough about Aaron Rodgers, and let's go to Giannis Antetokounmpo, another MVP in Milwaukee. So I've found it really interesting in the last few days that people are elevating Joel Embiid over Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I really do not understand why. I, I, I truly don't get it. If anyone can explain, please let me know. SnowTapWI on all the socials. Joel Embiid has done absolutely fucking nothing in his career. Nothing. He has not won an MVP. He has not got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Joel Embiid lost in seven to the Kawhi Raptors, who then the Bucks lost to. And if the Sixers would have won, if Kawhi's shot doesn't fall in Toronto, they would have lost to the Bucks, And that would have been on Embiid's resume because that's a head-to-head. But I don't understand why people are elevating Joel Embiid over Giannis when it comes to best players in the game. The Ringer did this. They had Nikola Jokic, number one, which, come on. Like, the no one overreacts like the Ringer. I like the Ringer. I like a lot of their content. I think their basketball content is pretty good. But no one overreacts like the Ringer. I Bill Simmons and Jay Cowman, who I actually really like, and Kevin O'Connor talking about Jokic. It was like, guys, Jokic is good. Don't get me wrong. Like, Jokic is having an awesome season. But Jokic is not the best player in the game right now. He just isn't. Like, he... I think that if the Bucs played Denver in a seven-game series, I think the Bucs would win. And I think if the Lakers play the Nuggets in a seven-game series, fully healthy LeBron and AD beat the Nuggets. I don't know about the Jazz, but I think they'd give them a very close series. And I think the Suns wouldn't win. So that's where I kind of put the Nuggets. And if you look at the East, I actually think Embiid is better than Jokic. Jokic is having a great season, don't get me wrong, but Jokic is like the last of the Mohicans in a lot of ways. He's the only one that hasn't got hurt. He's just pulling stuff out of his ass. And I think if Embiid was healthy all year, I think there would have been a real race between those two guys. And it would have came down to the wire. Because they are doing some really good things. But this isn't about Jokic. It's about Embiid. So Ringer had Embiid third. And then Shaq, who was on all the Up and Smoke podcasts, said that Embiid was one of the best five players, along with Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, LeBron. Oh, God. I'm blanking on the other one. I'm sure I'm missing it right out there. Jokic was not on that list. So, nor was Giannis. But what? why is Joel Embiid just considered better than Giannis by the national people? Is it just he plays on a more public team? Like the Sixers are on TV more. They're, they're just more in the news. Embiid always seems to find himself in a headline. Is that why it is? Is it just the potential that we're betting that Joel Embiid is going to be this modern-day Olajuwon? And because of that, that we are putting our chips in that he's already a top-five player while we're ignoring the fact that one of the guys that you're leaving out has two MVP awards, has been ultimately dominant, 
and is getting punished unfairly for playoff failures that really aren't that big of failures if you think about it. Because number one, you had a 2-0 lead against Toronto and you almost had a 3-0 lead. And then it all went to hell after. And then against Miami, it was the fucking bubble. The bubble doesn't count. I'm ready to now say the bubble has kind of an asterisk. And I'm okay with that. And you can call me a homer if you want. But why does Giannis get punished for playoff failures? Why the fuck does no one care that Joel Embiid in the bubble, and if we're saying the bubble matters because we're criticizing Giannis Antetokounmpo for getting bounced in five, why the fuck does nobody care that Joel Embiid basically took a shit in the middle of the court and said, hey, Brett Brown, clean it up? They quit on their coach. They lost in four games and they were pathetic and lifeless in all four of those games. Yet, for some reason, Joel Embiid doesn't catch any fucking shit for it. Why? Why is that? How does that not go against his resume? It certainly should. I know, like, it's just so infuriating. And also, too, I think what matters when it comes to best players in the league is guys who can stay healthy. So, yeah, that's a point to Jokic, but it's also a point to Giannis. How do you know that Embiid can't just crumble into a heap in the first round of the playoffs? It just feels like he's always an injury away. It's less than like Anthony Davis, who literally could walk, and I think he might get hurt. But Embiid is an injury case. He's an injury waiting to happen. And I think that's another factor of this. And so I just, I, I didn't really do any sort of stats, not... We don't need to go head-to-head stat-wise. We just want to talk about it more at a high level with Embiid and Giannis. And I think there is no reason that Embiid should be higher than Giannis in any of these things. And and look, here's the the thing with the Giannis-Embiid debate. We could get in the playoffs. And if they play in the playoffs, I think that's the ultimate, like, barometer. That's the ultimate, like... Here is our final destination. These two guys go head-to-head against each other for seven games, and the best man wins, and I think you can crown Giannis or Embiid. And I don't think it's a debate because it's it's a seven-game series. We saw it with, you go back to Olajuwon, Olajuwon and David Robinson was a real debate in the mid-'90s. Olajuwon ate his lunch every time in the playoffs. So Akeem was better, all right? Like, playoffs do matter. Like, I'm not I'm not dismissing that playoffs don't matter. If the Bucks lose again early, that goes on Giannis's resume. But I, I will defend Giannis and say, look, Michael Jordan, it took him until his late 20s to get into the get into the title game. He had to win. He won six straight, and it was all gravy. But it took a lot of playoff failures before it happened. And it led to the firing of Doug Collins. And if they lose in the second round again, Mike Boonholder is getting fired. And if the Bucs play Philly, trust me when I say that the Bucs will want to win that series. The motivation for Milwaukee against Philly and Brooklyn, I think, is so much higher than other teams. Because I think they feel disrespected. There's a lot of nobody believes in us with the Bucs. Everybody wants to talk about Brooklyn. Everyone wants to talk about Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Bucks just keep winning. They take the two seed away from Brooklyn, who lost to Dallas tonight. 
and they're ready to go. They beat the Rockets. They're in sole possession on t- tonight. They should. And this the that Rockets game, man. After what they did to you last week, you gotta just beat them by sixty. Like you saw what the Pacers did against the Thunder. That's exactly what you have to do with the Rockets tonight. But yes, I am waiting for the Giannis Embiid thing to flip because it needs to. There's no question about it. The other guy that Shaq had on his list was Durant. I forgot about it until I mentioned Brooklyn. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That was the last one. So yes, I am more than ready for the Giannis takeover and for him to rub Joel Embiid's nose in it. All right, lastly, we will talk about the Brewers and why I just don't think you should panic right now. So yes, the Brewers have lost five straight. It's not great. They are one game over 500, inching ever closer to the 500 number. I think there are people who probably are losing their minds because they're just overreactive fans. But if you really have watched this team, it doesn't matter that much. I know know you don't want losing streaks to become like eight or nine. Like getting swept this entire road trip would be very bad. Like tonight... Tonight's a game you kind of want to win. It's bullpen day, I know, but they have a decent bullpen, and Brent Suter could at least give you three innings, and hopefully they can do something against Miami tonight, and they can get two wins. The perfect scenario would be to get two wins Friday, Saturday, and then house money on Sunday, and if you have your two and five, it's not great, but whatever. We'll make it work. There's a big one with St. Louis the following week. So... The Brewers just, they're way too injured to like judge them right now. And, and I know that might seem like a cop-out. You might be like, wow, Charlie, way to not take a stand. But it, it's true. How can you criticize this team right now? They are so banged up. They are so unhealthy that it's, it's just really hard to gauge the Brewers and gauge where the Brewers are as a team in 2021. Because they just do not have all their guys. Let's hope that you know they get healthy soon and that it, it changes. Because it's definitely needed. It's definitely needed to have the Brewers back at, at full roster. And once they are, I think they're going to be a playoff team. And Brandon Woodruff was great today. He deserves so much better. Getting no run support absolutely sucks. And Freddie Peralta, after that first inning fuck-up, was pretty good the rest of the way. Eric Lauer, one bad pitch, and an error from Travis Shaw that extended the inning. Um, Adrian Hauser, early struggles, and then figured it out. So the fact is, is like all it really wasn't that bad for the Brewers. It just it took them a while to wake up to Philly. They attacked Philly's bullpen. They couldn't really attack their starters. And if they just would have done a little bit more against Philly's starters, they would have been pretty successful in these games and would have been able to maybe win two of them instead of lose all four. So disappointing for the Brewers. Life moves on. If you get wound up about a five-game losing streak in baseball in early March, seek professional help. Like that, just not something to get dialed up on. And you'll you'll be okay. I promise. Yes, if it gets to six, it's a little worrisome. Seven is bad. Eight is terrible, especially when you have the Cardinals coming to town next week. And I know I said that already, but it bears repeating because 
you don't want to have that loser mentality with a Cardinals team that's playing pretty good ball, even though they lost today to the Mets. All right, really quickly about myself. So I'm all good. Don't worry about me. But what I just wanted to note is that there are going to be some days. It's not going to be often, but I where I just kind of take a podcast off, a day off. And it's not because I need a day off. It's more just my schedule sucks that day. And I don't have time to get a podcast in. I think every day, every night I'd like to do a podcast. That's my goal, um, especially as we're going to get back to the office. So I don't have time to be doing morning podcasts. I'll have to do them at night. And But there'll be some nights where it just might not work. And so if I don't have a podcast for you guys, don't think it's out of hate. It's just couldn't get to it. And I I need to at least think about sometimes not just going all in and sacrificing stuff for the pot. Because I have, and then it bites, bites me in the ass. So no big deal. Nothing to worry about. Just a heads up that sometimes you might not get a full week of podcasts. So I apologize for no, no Thursday. But we're here today on Friday. We're here today on Monday. And can't wait to talk to you on Monday. We have some Bucks games this weekend. We have a Brewers series, and I'm sure we'll have some Aaron Rodgers drama. Who knows what else will come our way. All right. Take care, Dabbers. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Bye.